Okay, guys, we're going to, uh, we're in lesson 18. We're looking at Joseph now, and we're going to look at chapters 40 through 42. And again, we're familiar with these stories because if you've been in church, uh, you've heard these stories in Sunday school. Uh, so, But we're going to point out some things to you to help you to comprehend what's going on here. So again, we're not going to uh, read these passages. We don't have time for that. But we're just kind of going to go through it and talk about Joseph being in prison now and what happens after that. Okay, so remember, he's in prison because he was falsely accused of rape by Potiphar's wife. But while in prison, the Lord blesses him. Now, understand, that doesn't mean it removes you. God's blessing doesn't remove you from your difficult circumstances. Okay? The Lord blesses him. The jailer sees that, and he puts basically Joseph in charge of the jail, like a head trustee type thing, okay? So, if we notice in chapter 40, we're going to talk about a butler, the King James, New King James says butler, and a baker. Now, the butler, just so you understand, don't think of, uh, like in the movie Author, you know, an English butler, prim and proper, you know what I'm saying? Or what's Bruce Wayne's butler, you know, in Batman? Alfred. Don't think of an Alfred, okay? Uh, think of a food tester. His job was to put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. So he would be testing the wine to make sure that Pharaoh wasn't being poisoned. Okay, so it's basically a food tester. A cupbearer, okay? So, first of all, angered by their offenses against him, butler, excuse me, Pharaoh imprisoned his butler and the baker. So, something happened in the court. These guys ended up offending Pharaoh. Pharaoh basically has the power of the sword. He's like, you're out of here. And he throws him in prison, okay? He throws him in prison. Now, Joseph was given the responsibility to care for their needs in prison. Now, you would think, okay, they're thrown in prison, they're going to languish there. Actually, because they are from the royal court, they're in a special part of the prison, and they actually, because they're used to having servants themselves, they have somebody serving them, and Joseph basically has been assigned to take care of their needs while they're there. Okay, still not good being in prison. Don't think of a country club prison here in the States, if there is such one. Think of, it's a bad place, but you still have somebody who's meeting your needs. Because remember now, in the ancient prisons, if there was nobody to feed you on the outside to bring you food, you would starve in jail. Because the state, the government... The kingdom doesn't take care of its prisoners, okay? So Joseph was given responsibility to care for their needs in prison. Now, on the same night, each official had a dream and was saddened by not knowing their meanings. So both of them, the baker and then the, the butler, as it says in the scripture, the cupbearer, they each had a dream. Now, their dreams are different, but they happen on the same night. They're similar in some ways, but they're different. And, just want you to think about it for a moment. 
Dreams are very important. I told you that before when we looked at Joseph's dreams. Dreams are very important, and people want to know the meaning in that culture. So there they are. There's no one to tell them the interpretation, because if they had a dream out in the real world, they would go to somebody, pay somebody to interpret their dream, okay? But there's no one there to interpret their dream, so they're saddened. Joseph offered to interpret their dreams for them. He notices that these guys are sad. And he says, hey, what's going on? And they said, oh, we had these dreams. And we don't. And Joseph says, don't dreams belong to God? I'll, 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 t- I'll interpret them for you. Okay? I'll interpret them for you. So uh, I think we know the stories of the specifics of the dreams, but we'll just kind of touch on it briefly. He stated that the butler's dreams of grapes, three clusters of grapes, and Pharaoh's cup cup meant that he would be restored. Okay? So in this butler's dream, he sees these three cup, uh, three clusters of grapes, and, you know, they're being pressed into a cup, which he then gives the Pharaoh. And Joseph says, you're going to be restored to your position in three days. Okay? Three days. Joseph asked that the butler remember him when he is restored. He tells him, I'm in here on a bum rap. I was taken from my own people in, in Israel and in Canaan, and you know, I, I'm, I'm here on a bum rap. Remember me when you get out, okay? And the guy says, oh, of course I will. Yeah, of course I will, all right? When I get back to the big time, I'll remember you. you know, yes, Okay. So the baker, of course, is hearing this interpretation. And he's like, okay, well, here's my dream. Okay? Here's my dream. Tells his dream. Has to do with baskets of bread and crows and three baskets of bread that the crows are eating out of. And So he stated that the baker's dream of baskets and crows meant that he would be executed. Now, he just doesn't tell him he's going to be executed. If you read the text, it's pretty gruesome. He'll have his head removed and his body hung on a wall. That's what they did. Wow. For the animals to eat. Crows to eat. Okay? Because they are scavengers. So, after three days, Pharaoh restored his butler. But he had the chief baker hanged. Now, when you read that, you're thinking, oh, well, they used a rope. That's what it means, hanged, right? No, no. His body was hanged on the wall, okay? His head was removed. His body was hanged on the wall. This is pretty brutal, okay? Pretty brutal. It, 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 it kind of is offensive to our Western mindset, but this is what happens. Folks, it still happens today over there. When you think of some of the atrocities of ISIS, they're very similar to some of the things you read in the Old Testament of how people dealt with things. And you would think, that's barbaric. Yes, it is. Yeah. However, here's the problem. The butler did not remember Joseph and forgot about him. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> he obviously didn't give that much thought to Joseph. Did he? He's just glad he's back where he needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Which, by the way, when you're the king's cupbearer, that means you are the guy who's testing all of his food. What kind of life are you living in that kingdom? 
yeah, he's, the king's going to take care of you, right? He doesn't want to upset you because <laughs> you might give him a cup of something. You know what I'm saying? So, all right, but he forgets about Joseph. All right, so now we come to the place of Pharaoh and his dreams. Okay, now we know about this. Two years later, Pharaoh had a dream where he stood by the river. And of course, the river that he is dreaming about is which river, guys? The Nile. Okay? He is standing by the river Nile. He has a dream that he's standing by the river Nile. And in the dream, he saw seven fat cows followed by seven gaunt cows that eat the fatted cows. So in his dream... He sees seven fat cows coming out of the river, and they're followed by seven gaunt cows. I mean, like their ribs are showing, they're not, they're like famished cows, and the famished cows, the gaunt cows, eat the fat cows. That's the end of the dream. Wow, what does that mean? Well, in a second dream, he saw seven plump heads of grain followed by seven blighted heads of grain. Okay? Seven plump heads, followed by seven blighted heads of grain. The seven blighted heads devoured the seven plump heads of grain. So now these seven blighted heads, if it's possible for a plant to eat another plant, uh, devour the seven Plump heads of grain. Pharaoh was troubled by the dreams and could find no one to interpret them. He's like, I'm sure he consulted with all his wise men, his sorcerers, religious officials. I need, a, I need an interpret. What's going on here with these dreams? Because remember, dreams are very important to them. Like, what is the meaning of these dreams? And nobody could be found to interpret them. Nobody. Not at all. The butler remembers. The butler remembered that he forgot Joseph and he told Pharaoh about his dream of the seven clusters of grapes. It's like the butler's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh, I am a, I am a, I am a schmuck. I've, there's this guy, there's this Hebrew boy in jail. And remember, remember Pharaoh, when you were mad at me and you stuck me to teach me a lesson in jail, I'm sure, I'm sure he couched it in a way that made Pharaoh look good. You know, I deserve to be in there and, and you were trying to teach me a lesson. Well, there was this Hebrew boy in there and, uh, he, he told me about my dream and it came true. You need to talk to him. Joseph is brought to Pharaoh. So, you know, a lot of times when I see the movies about this, whether they're cartoon movies or actual movies, the first thing they do when they take you out of prison is clean you up if you're going to bring you to the head of the empire, okay? So you can assume that that's what they did. So they brought Joseph to Pharaoh who tells him about the two dreams, Okay? Joseph points out that Pharaoh's dreams are one and that God is showing what he is going to do. So he says, look, Pharaoh, your dreams are one. They're different, but they're one. And God is showing you what he's going to do. Okay? He's going to show you what he's going to do. So 
Joseph tells Pharaoh that there will be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. In fact, he makes the point that the seven years of famine are of such extreme that it's never been seen before in Egypt. So everything that was happening in the seven years of plenty, the food and everything, will be completely wiped out. Okay? Joseph is a pretty smart guy. So he goes from the interpretation to telling him what Pharaoh needs to do. So he tells Pharaoh to select a wise man to collect a portion of the food in the years of plenty. So, you know what, Pharaoh, this is what it means, but Pharaoh, your best bet is to have a guy who's really wise gather a portion of the food that has grown during that time so that it can be used later during the famine. Pretty smart plan, isn't it? The collected food would be distributed during the seven years of famine. Okay? The collected food would be distributed during the seven years of famine. Seeing that the advice was good, Pharaoh set Joseph over Egypt, second only to him. You're the wise man. You're it. You take care of it. Everybody answers to you except me. You answer to me. I ain't got time for this. You worry about it. Did you know what I'm saying? Because, of course, you know, being a pharaoh and being in charge of the empire is very taxing work, so somebody else has got to figure out how to do this, you know. So he puts Joseph over. Now, if you're in prison, would you say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't really have time for that. The guys need me back on cell block C. Or would you do this? You would be, yeah, I'll do this. You know what I'm saying? Joseph was given ultimate power over Egypt next to Pharaoh, and he was given a wife. So again, remember now, dating, the, the way we do things in the U.S. where you form relationships, that doesn't exist back then. Pharaoh gives him a wife. Pharaoh gives him a wife. An arranged marriage. Obviously, Pharaoh wanted to be sure that his official had a wife. Okay? And he, the wife is the daughter of a priest of their religion high priest of their religion. So Joseph has ultimate power. Okay, let's go on. Joseph was 30 years old when he began to serve Pharaoh. 30 years old, folks. He's probably spent, can I be honest with you, a lot of time in prison and as a slave. Remember, he was just a boy before when he was sold into slavery. So he spent a lot of time there. A lot of time. Joseph stored, so this is what happens during the seven years of plenty, the crops are, are abundant and everything. So Joseph stored immeasurable amounts of grain in the cities during the seven years of plenty. In fact, of course, at first they're keeping record of how much grain there is. It's, the scripture says it got to the point that there was so much grain gathered, just a portion, so much grain gathered that they, they quit taking records of it. It was just immeasurable. There was no way to, 
that just filled up these uh, places in all of the cities. And that's smart. He's putting a food center in all of the cities with the grain to distribute later on. During the years of plenty, two sons, Manassas and Ephraim. Now, this is very important. This is why this is in here. Manassas and Ephraim were born to Joseph. Now, why is this important? Well, when you get later on into the scripture, you don't very often see a referral to the tribe of Joseph. No, but you do read about the tribe of Manassas and the tribe of Ephraim. They're considered half-tribes, okay? So these are some of the future tribes that will take Canaan. They become the future tribes that take Canaan. All right, so during these years of plenty, two sons, Manassas and Ephraim, were born to Joseph. Now, let me just back up real quick. I'm going to say one thing. Again, remember, names have meanings. You name your child based upon what's going on there. So when you look in the scripture, it'll tell you the meanings of Manassas and Ephraim. And they both have to do with him forgetting the pain of what? His betrayal by his brothers and his slavery. Yeah, see, he didn't just forget that, did he? Okay. So, but he named his children based upon how God was blessing him now and helping him to forget. Okay? Helping him to forget. Now, let's go on. When the years of famine came, the people were sent to, by Pharaoh to Joseph for bread. So, of course, when the year of famine came, most people don't store up for, for a calamity, do they? Most people live hand to mouth. So when trouble comes, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. So they go to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, and he goes and says, go see Joseph. He's the guy in charge. Do what he says. He's got food for you. Okay? So let me tell you how smart Joseph was. Okay. Does the government ever give away anything for free? There's always a string attached, right? Always, even, folks, even 4,000 and some years ago, the government was the same way. What do you mean? So they gathered all this grain. So they took from the people the grain to store. And the scripture says, so now the seven years of plenty, you would think, oh, we're going to get our grain back. It's been held for us. Nope, you got to buy it. So they sold all they had. In fact, later they sold themselves to Pharaoh. So then at the end of the seven years of famine, Pharaoh owns everything except the priests. Wow. That's pretty shrewd, isn't it? Sounds like government, okay? Sounds like government. So they own. So as the famine began... Joseph sold grain to the Egyptian as well as other countries. So the famine wasn't just in Egypt. The famine was in Libya, down in Cush, what we would know as Sudan and Ethiopia. And then the famine was over in Canaan. So the famine is spread out over the area. So everybody's needing grain. And the only people who have grain is who? The Egyptians. And so they go to Joseph and buy grain. The other nations come. 
because the famine was great in Canaan, Jacob sent his ten oldest sons to buy grain in Egypt. He said, boys, we gotta, we're going to have to go down to Egypt and buy grain. Because they got grain there. Take some money, take some of our gold, and go down there. Because if we, if, if we don't get this, we're going to starve up here. Okay? We're going to starve. Now, he did not send Benjamin for fear that something might happen to him. Now, why would he be favoring Benjamin? Same reason he favored Joseph. Because Joseph and Benjamin are the children of who? Rachel. And Rachel was the one whom he wanted to marry first, right? Okay. <laughs> so he's not going to send Benjamin down. So he sends his ten brothers. The brothers come, and of course they appear before Joseph. They don't know it's Joseph. Okay, it's been years. And of course, if you look at any pictures of how the Egyptians dressed and the face paint they wore, you would probably think he's just another Egyptian, right? So the brothers bow down before Joseph, who recognized them and remembered the dreams. Remember the dreams? The dreams were that they would what? Bow down to him. He's like, oh, there they are. You're like, well, how did he recognize them? Hey, have you forgotten the person that did you wrong? You probably know every detail about how they look. You have even have dreams in your vision of you clobbering them a few times. Do you know what I'm saying? So you know who they are. And so Joseph sees them. He recognizes them. They don't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams that they would come before him and bow down. Joseph accused them of being spies, which the brothers strongly denied. Oh, you're here to spy out the land. You're here to check out our weaknesses. I mean, it's craziness what he's saying. They don't think, you know, but obviously, whatever, he's the guy in charge. And the brothers strongly deny that. Upon hearing of the youngest brother, Okay, so stop for a moment. This will tell you something. Joseph was sold into slavery before Benjamin was what? Born. And remember who dies when Benjamin is born? Rachel. So Joseph has no clue that there's a younger brother and that his mother is dead. Isn't that interesting? So upon hearing of the youngest brother, Joseph demanded that he be brought to him. Look, if you're not spies, I want you to prove it. If you want to buy grain from us, you need to bring your younger brother here. You need to bring him here to me. And I will that'll prove to me that you are not lying, that you are not spies. Joseph had the brothers thrown in jail for three days. Three days, thrown in jail. Now again, that's not like putting him in a room, stand in a corner, okay? This is a jail for, in, in the Middle East, 4,000 and some years ago. He will let them return to Canaan, but one brother, Simeon, must be confined. So I'll let you go, but one of you has to stay here in jail. One of you has to stay here in jail. 
That ain't cool, is it? They were to return to Joseph with the youngest brother to prove that they were not spies. So they were to return to Joseph with the youngest brother to prove that they were not spies. Speaking among themselves, the brothers saw this as a retribution for their sin against Joseph. Isn't that interesting? Now here's the funny thing. The text tells you that they're talking to each other in Hebrew because they figure that the, what? Egyptians don't know what they're saying. But guess who knows what they're saying? Joseph knows exactly what they're saying, and what they're saying is, oh, this is all happening to us because of what we did to him. And you know what? That's true, right? It's exactly right. Because the guy they did that to is the one doing it to them. Okay? They have no clue who he is. In fact, next week, we're going to see that Joseph does something to prove to them that he's their brother. And when you find out, this is something you don't tell in Sunday school to children, okay? So we'll talk about that next week. You're getting ahead of me, Tammy. Okay. All right. Now, Joseph commanded that their sacks be filled with grain and their money be put back. So fill their sacks full of grain, and I want you to put, he tells his servants, put their money bags right in the neck of the bags. Of course, we know this. Finding the money, they, the brothers were filled with fear. Oh my goodness. You know, what's going on here? Now, this is interesting, what you're going to see happen now, because they go back to Jacob, and they have to tell him what's going on. Okay? The brothers told their father of the encounter with the Egyptian official. So they go back and they say, you know, dad's back. Oh, you got some grain. Whoo, boy, that's good. How was it? By the way, where's Simeon? And so the brothers tell what happened. Oh, you're not going to be. There was like this guy down there and he was not. I mean, he was mean, and he was making these accusations that were true against us, and he threw us in jail, and, and then he wants us to bring Benjamin back to prove it. You know, that would catch daddy's attention, right? Bring Benjamin. So Jacob, fearing calamity on a third, on a third son, would not allow Benjamin to go to Egypt. He said, okay, we're not going back there. Uh, we're not going back there. This guy's nuts, and you're going to take him? Yeah, no, no, the child of my of my age. No, 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 this, we're not doing this. You're not going back there again. And of course, Judah says, "Look, if I don't bring him back, you kill my sons. Okay, you kill my sons. Wow. So we're going to find out what happens next week. Of course, we know what happens next week, but we're going to get into some a little bit more intricate detail." 